0: of you love this church, by the way? Come on. Some of you didn't clap. Um, I I love your pastor and Pastor Kim. I met uh, Pastor Mel, I think it was probably four or five years ago. We were at a conference and uh, uh, we met and it was just all of a sudden that we started chatting and he's one of the nicest guys in the world, isn't he? Like I met, I meet a lot of people you know, I don't like all of them, <laughs> just being honest. Um, anyway, uh, but yeah, he was just super nice. We hit it off and, and then it was probably a year ago, he contacted me uh, and he said, hey, uh, would you be willing to come up and speak to the church? And I said, sure, and, uh, and so we did. And so the little one's excited. How many of you have, ki- I got a baby. I got babies at home. How many of you have little kids at home? Any of you have, ki- there's only like two people that have ever had kids in here, come on guys. <laughs> We need to do a relationship class. <laughs> you know what to say about babies. When they're first born, they're so cute, you just wanna eat them. <laughs> and then when they grow up, you wish you had. <laughs> 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 Woo, Lord. I got two little girls at home. I got two-year-old Kennedy, seven-year-old Addison. They run our house. They do, they run things. I got a two-year-old this high that runs the house, just so you guys know. Some of you guys that have children, you know, it's true. How many of you are married, by the way? Come on, how many of you are married? Uh, Wow, that's a lot of you. How many of you are in an intimate relationship? Never the same hands, is it? (laughs) Oh, woo, we're gonna have fun tonight, Kim. This is gonna be on tonight. Oh, let's just go ahead and get comfortable. We're gonna have fun. I like to laugh. You guys like to laugh? Is that okay? Have fun? I I tell people all the time, don't tell me about your God if you ain't having fun. I'm serious, I don't wanna know. Y'all stuck up, angry, mad? Come on, right. The joy of the Lord. Come on, I walk in anywhere smiling just because I'm happy. You ever just have that happy walk? Like, people are like, what's he so happy about? I don't know. Anyway, great, great uh, privilege to be here. Uh, I'm excited. I work out a lot, obviously. No, it's kidding. I wanna show you guys. I took a picture of this shirt. I wanted my wife to, to send it to me, so she texts it to me. Look, look at the picture. They're gonna throw a picture up on the screen here. Um, somebody read what that shirt says. What's that say? Okay, so here's the deal. So I was, walking, I was working out. I work out at a, 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 a Taibo fitness studio. You guys know what Taibo is, Kick, right? My wife is a kickboxing, kickboxing instructor, right? I love her. I'm serious, she hits like Mike Tyson. It's crazy, she hits hard. I'm like, I love you, girl, whatever you need. You just let me know. <laughs> anyway, but I'm at the gym, we working out, and a girl named Julie, who's a good friend of ours, Julie walks in, Julie's husband plays for the Green Bay Packers, and she comes in and she has a shirt on like that one up there that says, not today, Satan, not today. Have you ever seen when some people wear a shirt and it gets kinda wrinkled in the front and you can't read it exactly? So all I saw was not today, Stan, Not today. So I'm walking around the gym, I'm like, who is Stan, who is Stan, who is Stan? Not today, Stan. I didn't get it right, and so finally I asked, I was like, who is Stan, what's Stan about? They said, Ronnie, that shirt says Satan. I was like, oh, I knew that. I was like, Stan is Satan's third cousin. Not quite as mean as Satan. He don't live in hell, he lives in Vegas. Anyway, but come on, sometimes you ever had to wake up in the morning, you got that little negative voice in your head and you just got to say, not today, Stan, because, right? Come on. How many of you have ever had to do that? Just not today, Stan, not today. I shared this at my church in Nashville. I go to uh, a church called The Oasis in Nashville, Tennessee. I, I do a, a Kingdom Builders thing there every month. I talk to the entrepreneurs and all that stuff. And uh, there was a girl that went to our church. I shared it. Uh, she posted on Facebook the other day that her son, one of, on his, I think, first day of school, he was afraid he was gonna be late catching the bus. He ran out of the house going, not today, Stan, not today. <laughs> and he made it. He said, it's catching on. I might get some T-shirts made. Not today, Stan, Here's what we know. This is what we know, it's just what we know. We're living in a crazy world right now. Come on, let's be honest. How many of you know some crazy people? They sit next to you, just keep. The enemy will try to put seeds in your mind to make you crazy. The Bible says this, I shared it with the staff today. The Bible says this, What does it? Profit a man to gain the whole world and what? Lose his soul. The word soul actually comes from the Greek word that means psyche, which means your mental capacity, your emotions. That's what all that means. So it basically means, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his mind? If you watch television long enough and all that stuff we got going on right now, you can lose your mind. If y'all don't believe me, watch them debates that went on the other night. Come on crazy. I was sitting there going 300 million of us. This is the best we got these two. I'm sorry. I mean, I'm happy. I don't get into politics. I love people, but I don't do politics because it make you crazy. I just don't really trust any of them. Just be honest with you. That's just me being honest. It's okay. But you know what? That gives us an opportunity to be the light of the world. Don't look to somebody else to do it. We're going to do it, right? If it didn't it look, think about that. Seriously, we we talk in leadership all the time that if I don't do it, who will? Right? Some of us waiting on the light at the end of the tunnel. I believe the Bible's telling us, hey, be the light at the beginning of the tunnel. Don't wait on it to be somebody else. You be the light. I think when we walk into work, anywhere we go, we need to be planting good seeds of love and hope and compassion for this world because I believe it's ours to take care of. I say this a lot. I'm not trying to mess with your theology a lot, but I do say this a lot. I say, what if Jesus doesn't come back for another 50 years? Another 100 years, we can't let this thing just go to the wayside, we gotta take care of it. We do, I say this a lot, I got two little daughters, I told you, two of them. I tell people all the time, everything that we do, every seed that we sow, for the future, we're either building a palace or we're building a prison. And either way, the next generations are gonna have to live in it. So the great question to ask, if you're taking notes, write this down, what am I gonna do today that's gonna make the most amount of difference for tomorrow? It's a great question to ask. How many of you take notes, by the way? How many of you note takers? Here's an old phrase. A short pencil is better than a long memory. (laughs) Okay, I'm done. Worship team, come on back. (laughs) Short pencil is better than a long memory because here's what we know. In time, in in the end, right? If we hadn't written it down, we leave here. All the good seed that the Lord's planted in our mind, the Holy Spirit's spoken to us. We walk out of here, get in traffic, and what happens? It just, Gone, doesn't it? Come on, it just disappears. You ever walked out of here feeling so good after church? I feel good, then get in traffic and be like, man, I hate this place. You ever done that before? The enemy is trying to get your mind. And if you don't guard your mind, you can be in trouble. Tonight, I'm gonna talk to you about seeds and how important seeds are that we sow. Here's what I heard. The only control we'll ever have over tomorrow are the investments that we're willing to make today basically the seeds that we sow. How many of you know you have to sow seeds into a relationship, come on. Could you imagine me with my wife Jen saying, baby, I told you I loved you 10 years ago when we got married, that should be enough. How long, I'd get punched and kicked in the face by my wife. It doesn't work that way. We've got to continually sow seeds. Here's what I know. With all the craziness that's going on, the enemy is after your mind because if he can get your mind, he can take your life. This is the sounding board, this is the control center of our life, it's our mind. There's a great book, I would ask that you write it down, if you're taking notes, type it out. It's called As a Man Thinketh, by a guy named James Allen. Have any of you ever read that book before? Yes, I got one yes, thank you sir, in the back, I'll give you a gift, a little gift, come out to my table, I've got some resources for you. If you've really read that book, it's a little thin book, it's an awesome book, As a Man Thinketh. Here's what James Allen says, here's what he said. He said, your mind is likened to a garden. He said, whether you cultivate it or you allow it to run wild, it must bring forth. Meaning no matter what you do, no matter whether you sow seeds into it or you neglect to sow seeds into it, guess what? It's going to produce something. He said, you will either produce fruit or you will produce what are what are called wild weed seeds that produce of like kind. And if you have weeds that are producing wild weed seeds, they're gonna produce more and more weeds, and the next thing you know, they'll take your garden. Does that make sense? And so guess what we have to do? We have to continually put good seeds in, and we gotta be pulling, willing to pull the weeds out. Because if not, how far in will the weeds come? How many of you have ever done any gardening? Come on, how many of you have ever done gardening? got a lot of young people over here. How many of you have some parents that have done gardening? Grandparents, (laughs) great grandparents. Listen, I'm telling you, if you don't push the weeds back, they'll come all the way up. How far up? They'll come all the way up your legs, won't they? They will. But if you push them back, how far back can you push them? All the way as far as you can see, but it's our job to push them back. You've gotta guard your mind. When I go speak to different places, I go to NASA. uh, Pastor Mel mentioned that, I went to NASA. I went and spoke at an event one time, it was probably about two and a half years ago. It was amazing. And anyway, the speaking part was amazing. The event wasn't that good, but I was amazing. Um, (laughs) I get done speaking, this lady comes up to me afterwards and she says, hey, um, uh, love to see if you'd be willing to work with our team. And I thought that she was a part of this company in this way, and when she said her team, I thought, okay, more of this team of this company. And I said, okay. I said, yeah, sure, we can talk. So I did my first session, and she said, well, after your second session, I'd like to talk to you about it. I said, okay. So at the end of the second session, she comes up to me and says, hey, can we talk for a minute? I said, sure. She starts asking me questions. Felt like I was kinda in an interview. I was like, you asked me what you want. Why are you asking me all the questions? I'm supposed to be asking you questions about the event. She goes, no, I just wanna know a few things. She started grilling me a little bit, asking me some questions about things. She said, yeah, I think this is definitely gonna work. I like this. Then she handed me her business card. Her business card said her name at nasa.gov. I was like, the, the NASA, the one that sent the people to the moon, them people. She's like, yeah. I was like, well, that's great. My mother in is an alien. I've got lots of questions. Some of the men are like, yeah, I know what that's like. Just keep looking up here, guys. Just keep looking up here. Here's what I want you to know. Young people, get this. When you stay focused and do what God's asked you to do, do the right things, be the right person, God can do things in your life that you never even imagined. I didn't finish college. Now I'm smart, real smart, not quite as smart as those NASA people, but I'm pretty smart. (laughs) But when God wants to do something, he'll open doors for you that no man can shut if you're willing to do the right things in private. What you do in private will propel you into the godly things in public. Many people want to get propelled, but they're not willing to do the preparation. They're not willing to do the planning. They're not willing to do the work in private. I'm telling you that I grew up in Mount Airy, North Carolina, Mayberry, where I grew up from, Andy Griffiths grew up right up the street. I went to do the NASA training. One of the NASA trainings that I did three weeks ago, I walked in, they got the Andy Griffiths tune playing. I'm like, I don't appreciate that. <laughs> but when you do what's right, you put good seeds in your mind. And you work hard. God can do things in your life that you never even dreamed of. With God, all things are what? Possible. Possible. So when we sow good seeds into our life, good things happen. I want you guys to look at this picture. I, I brought this picture for you. I think this is pretty neat. This picture here is called the Svalbard Seed Vault. The Svalbard Seed Vault. I think they have a picture of it. There it is. Pretty cool, right? Not too big right there, but there's about 11,000 square feet underground built into the bedrock of a mountain. It's the global seed vault. It's a fail-safe vault that if a global catastrophe goes on, 10,000 of the most important seeds on this planet are in that vault. Why? Because they know they spent millions and millions of dollars to protect the seed. The seed, it's all about the seed. 11,000 square feet underground, built into a mountain. It's a little south of Antarctica, a little north of Norway to protect the seeds. How many of you know that seeds are important? Yes, most of us consume the seed that God has given us because all we're thinking about is right now. We're not planning for the future. If we do what's hard right now, life gets easier. If we do what's easy, life gets harder. We've gotta use the seed that we have, be strategic with it, sow it in the right places, and we see it start to expand in our life. If we don't do that, we'll bump into a day that we have not prepared for. It's good leadership stuff right here, isn't it? Come on. How many of you ever met somebody who say, man, I've just failed, I didn't do it right, I messed up? You ever heard anybody say that before? Here's what, if you're taking notes, write this down. Failure typically happens gradually, 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 and then suddenly. What we don't prepare for today, we're gonna have to deal with tomorrow. Great friend of mine's a guy named Mr. Brian Tracy. Any of you ever heard of him? Brian Tracy, sales guru guy, wrote lots of books, right? Asked me to speak at an event with him in Toronto, Ontario. We go up, here's what he said to me. He said, Ronnie Doss? He said, you need to know that. I said, yes sir, Mr. Tracy, what is it? He said, proper planning prevents poor performance. He said, many people are performing poorly in their life because they haven't done proper planning. I said, man, that's good. I said, that's a seed message. That'll preach, Mr. Tracy. He said, what? I said, just, you don't get it. I got it. Here's what we do. How many of you think it's important to have a plan? Seeds are planning. When you put seeds in the ground, you're planning for something better. Here's what a plan will do for you. Here's what a plan will do. A plan will pull the future into the present so you can do something about it right now you sow seeds right now into the areas of your life that you want to grow, good things will begin to happen for you 30 days, 60 days, 90 days out. That's pretty good, right? There's a thing called Chinese bamboo. Let me tell you about Chinese bamboo. Chinese bamboo, when, it's, when the seed is planted into the ground, it takes 10 years, say 10. 10 years for the stalk to break the ground. You don't even see anything for the first 10 years. Isn't that amazing? But then within one year, Chinese bamboo can grow over 100 feet tall because it's got a root system in place because the right seeds have been planted. You gotta be patient sometimes. You can't go rushing everything. You've gotta let the seed do what it needs to do. Amen, is that good or is that good? You've gotta let it do, write this little phrase down. This will be good, I'll drop this one on you. Patience is a weapon that causes deception to reveal itself. Sometimes you gotta be willing to sow the seeds and simply wait, don't rush it. Don't do what a lot of people do, thinking I gotta have it right now. We live in a microwave society that I have to have it right now, but here's what we know. The sweetest fruit hangs on the vine the longest. You gotta be willing to put some seed in there and then work, and then wait, and then work, and then wait. Some people say, well, I sowed some seed, I'm good. I'm done. It doesn't work that way. You gotta sow seeds into your life. You look like you work out. You like to work out? Pretty strong, for you, you ain't strong as me, but you're pretty strong, that's good. <laughs> Can you go in there, what's your name? Brandon. Brandon? Brandon, come up here. Here man, here's a gift, Brandon. You keep taking care of your body. Listen, listen, you keep taking care of your body. Your body's a temple, you keep taking care of it. Here, I want you to listen to this, take care of your mind too. But would you ever go into the gym, grab the heaviest weight, lift it once and think you're done? No. Absolutely not, It'd be foolish, wouldn't it? Yeah. You're sowing seeds into your future every time you push that weight up, every time you deal with the resistance, every time you feel the pain in your life, you're pushing for something better. My mentor told me this years ago, Brandon, here's what he said to me. He said, as a leader, you gotta get comfortable being uncomfortable. He said, when you can do that, you can produce pretty amazing things in your life. He said, most people are addicted to comfort. Ooh, that's good. Most people are addicted to comfort. In the church, I tell them all the time, it's what I say to them, Brandon. I say, don't have judgment on somebody that's addicted to alcohol, addicted to drugs. I said, most of us are addicted to comfort. It's the same addiction, it's just a different high. Y'all might wanna write that down. Comfort is the ultimate addiction, fist bump. You're the man. Give Brandon a big high five. Come on, that's good. So seeds, it's all about seeds. Say that with me. It's all about the seeds. Best time to plant a tree 30 years ago and today, right? And so let me talk to you about these three kinds of seeds. This has been good so far. Y'all got anything out of this so far? It's good. Some of you are like, man, get him out of here. He's too funny. (laughs) He's too handsome. Get him out of here. Three types of seeds, but here's here one thing I want you to know also. In corporate America, here's what I tell people all the time. You've heard it said that if you sow good seeds, you get what? Good fruit, good results. In the marketplace now, who we're called to be, I believe that if we want good results, we have to be willing to sow great seed. Does that make sense? And if we want great results, we've gotta be willing to sow extraordinary seeds. Why, because there's so much out there, so much noise, so many things trying to choke out what seeds we've planted into the world. You're trying to sow good seed into your children, guess what, the enemy's out there trying to pluck it out all the time, come on. You sow good seeds in at home, you're trying to spoon things in, seeds every day into your kids. They go to school and somebody's trying to shovel it out in the bat. You gotta be careful, you gotta guard these gates because of those seeds. So I'm gonna talk to you now about three types of seeds. Say three. Three types of seeds that we gotta have in our life. Here's the first one called the seeds of creativity, creativity, say creativity, Creativity. seeds of creativity, I want you guys to look at something, look at this picture we got up here, it's the third picture, it'll take a minute, we'll wait, we'll be creative while we wait, (laughs) third picture, there it is, woo, I knew it was coming, I was patient, I told you, check this out, The word reactive and the word creative are the exact same word. They just have letters rearranged. You know what most people do? They see one thing in their life they don't like. You know what they do? They lose their mind. Why? Because they're reacting to something that's already going on. You've got to be creative and use your imagination to decide what future it is that you want and then be willing to work hard to create it. If you don't design your own future, you will live a future of default and it will always be less than what God has for you. You've got to be willing to design it. And when you're thinking of planning and designing, you've got to sow seeds towards it. Does that make sense? You've got to, you can't be so reactive. Here's what Walt Disney said, you'll like this. Walt Disney said, around here, say around here. Have you ever heard of Walt Disney, by the way? Got a little bit of theme park, that's about it. Actually, I'm going there in two weeks, going to NASA, then I'm going over there, take my kids. First time they're going to Disney. I'm excited too. (laughs) Walt Disney said this. He said, around here, say around here. He said, around here, we don't look backwards for very long. We keep moving forward. Say forward. He said, opening up new doors and doing new things because we're curious. And curiosity keeps leading us down new paths. How many of you'd like to go down a new path in your life? Come on, how many of you'd like to see some new things in your life? You want me to tell you a secret? The secret is to stop reacting to what it is that you see around you. Many times we see what we don't like and go, oh my goodness, the world is going to hell in a handbasket. Things are just getting worse and what we do is we react to it. We respond to it and our emotions, our energy, everything is reactive to what's going on instead of going, wait a minute, I'm gonna unattach from all of that and decide today what it is that I wanna create with my mind. Does it make sense? How many of you use your imagination a lot? Come on, how many of you sometimes don't use it for the best of your futures? How many of you have a negative voice in your head? Come on, how many of you have that negative voice you're imagining in your head? Yes, how many of you have a couple of them? Any of you got a couple of negative voices? <laughs> I'm, come on, you do, you have them. Secret is don't argue with them. You start arguing with them, they'll haul you off. <laughs> your imagination is a weapon. Write that down, that's good. Your imagination is a weapon to defeat mediocrity. Brandon will tell you, you don't work out and hit the weights. This body, I know it's hard to believe, but sometimes I gotta work out and keep this girlish figure. If you don't take care of your body, does it get better or does it get worse? Come on. Some people in here tell you, what was once up is now down. You've got to take care of it. You can't be reactive to all the negativity that's happening in the world and go, oh, I can't do anything about it, starting to feel overwhelmed and start to create all these meanings that tell you, you can't do it, you're not enough, and that God can't make it happen. You can't. If you do that and you become reactive, you're no longer creative. And if you're not creative, guess what? You'll lose all the talents and the abilities that God has given you to design the future that you want. Is that good or is that good? Be creative. When's the last time you sat down and gave yourself permission to dream really, really big again? I went to NASA, one of the things that I told them when I first sat down, I said, look guys, I'm gonna be honest with you. I said, this is an honor and a privilege to me to come talk to you guys. You know why I like to talk to you guys? They said, why? I said, because you're on the cusp, you're on the outer edge of finding out about a universe that we pretend like we know a lot about, but we don't really know anything about this universe. Y'all are on the edge of it, y'all are being creative, y'all are leading the way. I said, that's pretty awesome. I said, do you guys know that? And what was funny is many of them said, yeah, I used to know that. But I've forgotten because they're working so hard being busy, doing a certain task that they've forgotten to sit down and dream again, to think big again. One of the best things that's happened for me being able to go and work with NASA was this, to go out on my back patio, look up and start talking to God going, God, I'm sorry for limiting you. I see this infinite space up here that you created. You created the heavens and the earth. You created me in your image. I'm created to create. I'm gonna start looking up again as opposed to looking down at my little dumb phone. <laughs> Listen, young people, if you wake up in the morning and you start your day with your thumbs through, scrolling through th- social media, I'm telling you, it's a recipe for disaster. One of the best things we can do when we wake up in the morning before we start using our thumbs is to start looking up and saying, thank you, God, for feeling my lungs. Let me see what I can create today. When you do that, instead of reacting to all the mess, man, life gets good. Here's what John Wayne's tombstone. You guys ever heard of John Wayne? Not Chong Wang. Chong Wang's that Kung Fu guy from Asia. I'm talking about John Wayne the Duke. Y'all got to know who he is? Some of the kids are like, I don't know who that is. I did a staff training yesterday talking about Johnny Carson. I said, you ever heard of Johnny Carson? One of the girls in the staff like, I've never heard of him. I said, girl, get out. Just get out right now. (laughs) Isn't that crazy? You start talking to younger people. You're like, yeah, Michael Jackson was awesome. The Beatles. They're like, who? Oh, no. Here's what John Wayne's tombstone said. I love this. John Wayne's tombstone. Here's what it reads. John Wayne's tombstone said this. He said, tomorrow is the most important thing in life. He said, it comes to us at midnight very clean." Say clean. Clean. It says that it's perfect when it arrives and it puts itself in our hands. It hopes that we've learned something from yesterday. How good is that? We can't keep living the same life that we've lived all the times before, getting stuck here in the middle and just hoping that our future is gonna show up by default. We've gotta get creative. We gotta take what we learned. Here's what I tell people all the time. Take the lesson, leave the guilt, and start creating something new. When? Daily. Every time you walk into your job, instead of going, man, I've been here for a long, long time. Same old thing. Instead of that, walk in going, what are we gonna create, guys? What are we gonna do? You can't buy into all that old story that you've got about how it used to be and start reacting to all that and not be creative. If you wanna live a life that is boring and mediocre, stop creating, just start reacting. Every day we get through the day, you know what we need to do? We need to get something from the day. Don't just get through it, get something from it. Take the lessons, leave the guilt, keep moving, and create the life that you want. That's pretty good, right? I have a friend, John, 42 years, he's been married to his wife, Linda. I ask him all the time, I said, John, what's the secret? What's the secret to a happy marriage? I said, you guys have been together 42 years, you're still happy, what's the secret? Here's what he said. He said, we reinvent our marriage every year. I said, really? He said, absolutely. He said, I'm not gonna let my marriage look like somebody else's, it's not working. He goes, this is the only one I've got. That's pretty good, huh? How many of you'd like to reinvent some of your marriage? Come on, don't hit them or look at them. Just, just think, that's good preaching right up there. That guy's good. <laughs> Here's what I put down for you, I think you'll like this. Learn, listen, learning, learning from an event and continuing to run it over in our mind again and again is not the same as just running an event through our mind again and again. How many of you have a, an event in your life that you oftentimes run through your mind again and again? Come on, be honest. How many of you are good at arguing in the shower? You know what I'm talking about? Like you're in there like, and I would say this, and I would say that, and this, and I would say this, and you would <laughs> In the shower, nobody's in there. told you nobody's in there. You get out and then an event happens. You start having a little disagreement. You just shut down and you start pretending like you're washing yourself again. You're like, what do I need to say? (laughs) Can't keep running things in our mind again and again. One is using our imagination, right? One is from learning. The other one is from insanity. You keep running the same story in your mind again and again and again, reacting to what went on. It's insanity. It's insanity. God wants us to create. He does. Look at your name and say, be creative. Here's what happens to us. How many of you have ever seen me talk about these before? How many of you, a few of you? These are pretty cool, aren't they? These are cool. Let me tell you a little bit about these guys. Here's what I want you to know. Every one of you sitting in here tonight are looking at me through a set of lenses. Now some of you are like, no man, that don't make sense. But it's true. Every one of you are looking at me through sets of lenses, prejudices, belief systems, assessments, predispositions, all the things that you've been programmed to believe about people, you see through a filter. Would you agree? Yes or no? Yes. Now, some people, when I start talking about these things, they go, wait a minute, I get it. I get it. It's like looking at life through a rose-colored pair of glasses, and I'm like, nope. Because here's the deal, you have sets of lenses in every area of your life. How you see money, you see through a lens. Would you agree? How many of you and your spouse see money very differently? Come on, raise your hand. People get funny when it comes to money. Some people are like, well, just spend it. Other people are like, nope, we're gonna hoard it. Some people are like, I don't know what to do, I'll just give it away, <laughs> right, come on. <laughs> we all see things through different sets of lenses. How many of you would say that you see commitment through a different set of lenses than other people? Some people think that wanting something and being committed to it are the exact same thing. Let me give you some insight. Just wanting to be a good person and wanting to change the world does not make us a good person. We've gotta be committed to doing something to make the world different that makes us a good person. Does that make sense? We can't just talk about what we want. A want and a commitment are as different as a lightning bug and lightning. When I go work with companies, I talk to them about what they want. I say, what do you want? They say, we want this, we want this, want this. I say, okay, well, what are you committed to? It's usually not the same, even though they kid themselves and tell themselves that they are. Does that make sense? I learned about these things from a mentor of mine. His name was Mr. Clemmer. I met Mr. Clemmer 10 years ago. He saw me, he liked me, he saw me speak at a church. He said, hey, I want you to come with me. He took me around the world. Within two years of my speaking career beginning, I'd spoken in seven different countries. Mr. Klimmer took me everywhere. He taught me about these lenses. He taught me about commitment. He taught me about the wants in my life. Here's what he did. The first time we were together in San Francisco, California, I come in, I sit down at a boardroom table at his office. Here's what he said to me. He said, Ronnie, I want you to write down a list of everything you want in your life. He said, everything you want, I want you to write a list. He said, I'm gonna go take a phone call. And he said, when I come back in here, we're gonna talk about what it is that you want with your life. I said, okay. He said, can you make that list for me, Ronnie? I said, yes, sir. He said, okay. He leaves. I start writing at the top of my list. I said, I wanna be a good husband. I wanna be a good dad. I wanna be a good son of God. I want a Harley Davidson. W- oh, come on, some of you know you want one too, it's okay. She's like, young girl up front, I like that. All these, I started writing all these wants, but the more I wrote, the more serious that I got about what I wanted my life to look like. About eight or 10 minutes into it, I had snot coming down my nose, eyes, I was running, my eyes were running. I wasn't crying. Real men don't cry, um, <laughs> real men don't cry. Anyway, um, but I'm writing this list out. I'm, I'm making this list good. Mr. Klemmer comes back in, here's what he does. Changes my life in this one event. Had this experience, changed my life. He comes back in, he said, Ronnie, did you make that list? I said, yes, sir. He said, where's it at? I said, it's right here. I slid that sheet of paper across the table to him. You know what he did? He took it, just kept looking at me, balled it up, threw it in the trash. I was like, you're an evil man, you're an evil man. Here's what he said to me. He said, Ronnie, that list over there of what you want, it's irrelevant. He said, what you want in your life is irrelevant. He said, but what you get committed to is what you will actually produce. When you learn that and understand that, you stop talking about the things that you want. You become a leader and say, this is what I am committed to. When you walk into your office at work, when you work with your teams, you say, guys, this is what we are committed to. We're not gonna talk about what we want. We're gonna talk about what we are committed to because what you are committed to is what you will produce. Does that make sense? If you're committed to sowing good seeds, being creative and creating new things that you never have, your life will get better. If not, You'll live a life by default, and you'll be frustrated. You'll be like many of the people that I trained that I'm in front of that are 70 years old. They died at the age of 45, but they're still walking around, dead man walking. You ever met somebody like that? Regretful. One of the things that I have decided, guys, and I think this might help you, one of the things that I've decided in my life that I will not take to my grave is regret. I'm going for it with all I've got. You know why? Because I believe that if I fall, there's a God that will pick me up, dust me off, and I can get started again. Amen. (laughs) Be creative. Here's the second type of seeds. Second type of seeds. Here's what you got to have. Second type of seeds that you have to have in your life. The first one is seeds of creativity. Got to be creative. Dream again. Believe again. Second thing you got to have are the seeds of wisdom. Say wisdom. How many of you know some people that could use some wisdom seeds? Come on. (laughs) I create these resources, one I gave to Brandon's called the Lion Resource. I have this one, that one's called Lion One, I have this one's called Lion Two. You know why I create resources? Because when I leave, I know that about 90% of what you hear tonight will get plucked out. You'll start doing life and you'll forget. But here's what we know in leadership, this is one of the things that I talk to different companies about all the time. What you hear again and again becomes your truth. So if you wanna have a truth to stand on in your life, one of the things that you've gotta be willing to do is to continue to put wisdom into your mind. Is that true or is that true? What you listen to again and again becomes your truth. What happens in your mind, you might wanna write this down, what happens in your mind will happen in time. You gotta put wisdom in your mind. I created this resource for NASA, it's called the Lion Program. What I work with them on is called the Lion Program. It's 16 months that I work with them throughout the year. They just renewed my contract last week, I'll be going to NASA again next year for the third year in a row. We've renewed it, now hang on, hang on, it's a 16 month program each time. I modeled this after the 16 month program, so there's four discs in here covering each of the four months on the First Lion program. The first one's called Looking In, which addresses these. How many of you think you probably have some of these in your life? Come on, some belief systems. Yes, you have these. The first one's called Looking In, the second one's called Looking Out, It's assessing your relationships and how to get better in relationship. How many of you think you need to be better in relationship? Yes, here's a little secret. Relationships are the key to life. Some people tell me all the time, they're like, I just don't wanna work on a team. My mentor told me this a long time ago. He said, Ronnie, you show me somebody that doesn't wanna work on a team, you're simply showing me somebody that doesn't wanna work on themselves. Relationships are the key. Serving here, getting involved, being a part of this community, it's important. Relationship, that's looking out. The third thing is what's called looking back. It's the third disc in that program. It's taking your life, some of the mistakes, some of the errors, some of the things that you went through, packaging them in a way that you learn from it so that you are better equipped for the tomorrow that you want to produce. Some people won't look at that. They'll look at their past and go, oh, I screwed up. Instead of looking at it and going, wait a minute, there's some lessons in there. There's some, some silver lining to that cloud. There's something I can do with those experiences that I went through because here's what I want you to know. The facts don't matter what I just say? Some of you look at me like I'm crazy. I did this thing at NASA. I walked up to the whiteboard. I said, the facts don't matter. They were like, are you a fool? I said, no. I said, when it comes to what you bring to work every day, your emotional state, how you're feeling and all that stuff, the facts don't matter. What matters is the meanings that you attach to it. What most of us do is we see an event, it's a fact. We attach a meaning to it, then our facts and our meanings become the same and then we start looking for evidence the rest of our life to prove that we're right about all of the facts and all the meanings that we have created. You're that powerful. That's called looking back. Looking forward is about goals and dreaming and believing that you can do it again, staying inspired, putting a plan together and then getting after it. One of my friends always says it like this, he said, if you'll get to work on your goals, your goals will get to work on you. But if you don't have any goals, you got nothing that's gonna work on you. That's called looking forward. That's in that lion program. That's why I create resources. Some people say this to me, you know what they say? They say, I don't know if the resources are worth it. They say, I don't know if the resources are worth it. You know what I tell them? I say, I don't know if the resources are worth it, but I'm worth it. You walk into my library, you feel smarter just standing there. Why, because I got lots of books. Somebody gave me a book today. You gave me a book today, did you not? I bought a book in the airport and I had an Amazon shipment to me yesterday at home that was another book. I got three books to read that I just got in 24 hours, 48 hours. How many of you like to read? Let me tell you a little secret. Those of us that don't read are no better off than those of us that can't read. Seeds of wisdom, put it in your mind. What you read will feed this you listen to the nonsense, the garbage, all the stuff that's going on out there and you don't put wisdom in, I'm telling you, you'll start producing less than the best. I told the staff today, back in the mid 1970s, the average American saw 350 advertisements per day. Newspaper, magazines, they heard it on the radio, television, 350. In 2016, it is believed that the average American sees more than 4,000 advertisements over a 24-hour period. People pulling at your mind, telling you that if you don't have this, you're not enough. They know what they're doing. The media knows what they're doing. The news knows what they're doing. They're manipulating, would you agree? You know how it used to be like breaking news, this is amazing, it was one big thing. Now breaking news happens every 10 minutes, it's like bum, 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 Just this just in. And it's like, oh my gosh, we're all gonna die. They know what they're doing. You've gotta be very intentional about what you put into your mind. Wisdom, wisdom. How many of you think you know somebody that needs some more wisdom? Wisdom will tell you, here's what, Here's what. listen. Wisdom will tell you that all things are possible for those that believe. Most of us are waiting for our ship to come in. We're not willing to take the risk because we haven't added the wisdom that confirms who God is in our life. We talk about it, we know about it, but we don't know it you see what I'm saying? There's a difference between knowing about God and knowing God, knowing about the principles and knowing them on a heart level. Bible says in Proverbs 23, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. There's a lot you can know about in your head, but if you don't have it in your heart, guess what? Guess what? You're not gonna produce the result that you say that you want. It's got to be in here. My wife had two babies at home, Addison and Kennedy. She gave birth to them at home. She did all natural home births. I saw that, I was like, you are the man. I mean, not, no, not really. Not after all that, definitely not the man, that's crazy. She was willing to decide something that she wanted. She stood on her faith and said, I can make this happen. Everybody else was like, I don't know if you should do that. My wife said, I'm gonna do it the way that I feel like God's telling me to do it. She did it that way and I will tell you, her confidence went through the roof. Now she can lead a kickboxing class because she's given birth with no pain meds. It's incredible. I'd be like, shoot me up, I'm just gonna lay here. (laughs) Somebody get in there and get it. I don't care, I just take this out of me. (laughs) You got, listen, wisdom will confirm who it is that God is in your life, right? Crazy screams, wisdom whispers. The world around us is crazy, but wisdom, listen, you put good wisdom in your ear, you'll know the voice of God. Gotta say, hey, don't do that. You're like, you know what, that's wisdom. You're not caught up in all the crazy. You're not caught up in all the crazy. Wisdom, we gotta have wisdom in our life. Say wisdom. Wisdom. Here's a few things that I believe wisdom knows. Let me give them to you really quick. Here's the first thing that wisdom knows. Wisdom knows that common sense is a flower that doesn't grow in everybody's garden. <laughs> don't, don't clap. I'm careful about when I clap in church. My wife would be like, what do you mean by that? I'm like, I was just clapping about what he was saying about some other people. I was nowhere near talking about you. Here's the second thing. Wisdom knows. It's what wisdom knows. Wisdom knows that trust is like glass. Once it's broken, it'll never be the same. Wisdom. Wisdom knows that. That's why you gotta put good wisdom in. Because you're gonna be given options. Here's what I know. The more doors of opportunity open for you, the more you climb the ladder of success, guess what? There's a bullseye on your back that the enemy wants to take you out. In the beginning, when you set a goal, you have a target. After you work towards it, you feel like you've become the target. And so wisdom will keep your head on straight so you can climb and do the things you need to do. Here's the third thing. Here's the third thing. Wisdom knows that getting old is easy, but getting better takes work. Come on. How many of you know getting old is easy? Come on, how many of you know that? How many of you have had some birthdays and you're like, man, I'm getting old? I had a lady tell me this, a lady, a girl tell me the other day, she goes, I feel like I'm getting old. I said, how old are you? She said, I'm 26. I was like, girl, I'm gonna hit you, girl. I was like, you can't, man, listen, getting old, I had a good friend of mine, his name is Pastor Casey Treat in Seattle. He called me on his 60th birthday. He was telling me that he had spoke to another pastor about me. Pastor Casey called me and said, hey, uh, Ronnie, how you doing? I said, good. And I said, happy birthday, all that stuff. I said, tell me something you've learned now it's 60 years old. He said, man, I'll tell you, getting old's easy. Getting better takes work. I said, man, that's good. I'll take that wisdom, and write it down. I put the phone down. He was talking to me. I couldn't even hear him. I was writing the wisdom down over there. <laughs> he said, where'd you go? I said, no, I was just writing some wisdom down. We gotta get better. Wisdom knows that. And here's the last thing wisdom knows. I think this is good for the church. I think it's good for any team. I want you to hear this one. Wisdom knows that the on, <clears throat> wisdom knows that only the guy who isn't rowing has time to rock the boat. Lord have mercy, that one's good, isn't it? Only the guy that's not rowing has time to rock the boat. You guys ever heard that phrase, the squeaky wheel gets the grease? You ever heard that before? Come on, you know what we say in innovative companies when I'm working with companies that are making it happen? The squeaky wheel doesn't get the grease. The squeaky wheel gets the boot. How many of you got somebody on your job always complaining, you just kinda wanna give them the boot? You ever wanted to do that before? When we get wisdom in us, guys, it helps us to stay calm when all heck is breaking loose around us. When there's drama on our job, drama in our family, drama in the church, drama in the community, there's drama everywhere. When you deal with people, you're gonna deal with drama. Any pastor will tell you that. I used to pray for ministry Then I started getting asked to go speak and deal with people, and I was like, Lord, maybe I missed you on this. Sometimes you gotta be careful what you pray for because you just might get it. Wisdom will help us stay calm. Here's the third thing. Here's the third thing that I'm gonna leave you guys with this, last seed I believe we need to sow in our life. The first one was what? Creativity. The second one is what? Seeds of wisdom. Here's the third one. The third seeds we've gotta be willing to sow in our life are the seeds of courage, courage. My mentor, Mr. Clemmer, I worked for him for five years. Last time I was with him, we were in San Francisco, California, we did a day training. It's about 11.30 at night, I go back to the hotel. We're done the training in the hotel in the conference room. I walk all the way down one of these long hallways in the hotel, it's 11.30 at night. We live on the East Coast, so it's 2.30 in the morning. It's 2.30 in the morning, I get back to my room, getting ready to slide the key in the door. I heard the Holy Spirit say to me, go back and tell Mr. Clemmer how much you love him. I said, Lord, it's 2.30 in the morning. <laughs> How can you be God not know it's 2.30 back on the East Coast? You ever argued with God? Come on, he's told you to do something, you feel it, and you're like, Lord, let me, let me rationalize this. That's why we call it rationalize, rationalize. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but I was getting ready to put the key in. I heard the Holy Spirit say, go back and acknowledge him. I'm like, I don't wanna do it. It got very clear that that's what I needed to do. I walked all the way back down this long hallway. I caught Mr. Clemmer in the lobby. That's Mr. Clemmer, he said, yeah, Ronnie. Mr. Klimmer spoke with a real squeaky voice. He was about five foot three, not a big guy. He was a pit bull. He's a West Point military guy, psychology dude. The guy was amazing. He was was incredible, brilliant man. I walked over to him and I said, Mr. Clemmer, I just need to tell you how much I love and appreciate you. He said, Yeah, Ronnie. I said, you've done more for me and my family. My wife's done your training. She's been blessed by it. You know, you've helped me. You've opened all these doors for me. I just need to let you know how much I love you. Mr. Clemmer just wiped his hands through his hair. That's what he would do a lot. He said, Yeah, Ronnie, I love you too. He said, You got something special. He said, You'll go further than I ever did like, wow, this guy's got a huge seminar company. He's done well. Not long after that, Mr. Klimmer's in his office in San Francisco, California. He's on the phone, has a heart attack, falls over dead, 60 years old. Last time I ever saw him face to face was me telling him how much I loved and appreciated him. I'll tell you this, guys. When the Holy Spirit speaks to you and drops that seed in your heart, the best thing that you can do is to acknowledge it and honor it. If you don't honor it, you'll immediately betray it. And the moment you betray it, you'll start to justify. That's a whole nother conversation we'll have sometime. The moment you start to justify, you fall into the box and the box feeds off justifications. So you start gathering evidence to prove why you didn't do what the Holy Spirit told you to do. And so you gotta have courage. Mr. Clemmer's favorite scripture was Proverbs 28.1. It says, the wicked flee, no one pursues, but the righteous are as bold as a... Lying. When NASA called me, they asked me questions for about six months. They'd ask me questions, we'd do conference calls. I'd get excited every time I hung up. I was like, I'm doing it, I'm going to NASA, this is it. And then they'd call me and tell me we needed another conference call. Then one time after I was all excited because I was like, they know who I am, I'm the man, I'm going to NASA. They started the next call by saying, now Ronnie, can you tell me again what it is that you do? I was like, what? They asked me questions for, I don't know, six months, these conference calls. Finally, after I guess I'd answered the right thing, here's what they said to me. They said, we want you to come down. The program is called LION. And I could hear Mr. Clemmer in my voice saying, I told you. Well, more like, I told you, Ronnie, because he was squeaky little voice. <laughs> he was saying, if you plant seeds for your future, if you'll pray like it's all up to God and work like it's all up to you, sowing the seeds, waiting, working, sowing the seeds, waiting, working. He said, God will open doors for you no man can shut and it will be so awesome that you will know that it had to be him and that it had nothing to do with you. You see, the less we think about ourselves and we lose ourselves in the service of others, God opens more and more and more doors and then one day we get to look back at our life and go, you know what, God was in it all the way and look what we did together, courage, We can't fall back behind the fear, the worry, all the things that are being programmed into us. We can't let the pharmaceutical industries, the banks, we can't let politics, we can't let all these different things cause us to feel fear. What we've gotta start saying is wait a minute, I'm gonna create something good. I'm gonna stand boldly. I believe that with God all things are possible and I'm gonna do something awesome with my life so that I'll be blessed and then I can go out and bless other people. When you do that, you become a leader. And here's the last thing I'll leave you with. Here's how I define a leader. A leader is simply someone who interrupts someone else's life to help that person get what they otherwise would not. How good is that? On your job when you start interfering with somebody else's life to go, you know what, I'm gonna support you, I'm gonna help you. As a church, we're gonna go out and interfere with all the crazy, bring some Jesus to some people, let him give them the peace of mind that they need. That's how we make a difference on this planet that can never, ever, ever be erased. Do you guys enjoy this tonight? Van's gonna come. You guys come up. Worship team, y'all come on up. I always share this little quote. Astronaut, a guy named John Young. John Young was one of the first astronauts on the space shuttle missions. Here's what he said. He said, anytime you sit atop the largest hydrogen-oxygen-fueled system in the world, knowing they're gonna light the bottom, and you don't get nervous, you don't fully understand the situation. (laughs) Here's what I'm gonna challenge you guys to do. Lead like lions. If you don't wanna be a lion, at least decide to be a killer sheep. Do whatever you need to do. (laughs) But I believe that you and I are called to another level. I don't believe that we can conform. I don't think that we need to be on our heels. One of the things that I learned about lions as I started studying them, when they walk their heels never touch the ground. You ever heard somebody say the enemy had them on their heels? No, no, no. We're not supposed to be reactive. We're supposed to be proactive. We're supposed to be creative, going out and taking this world. It's ours. God gave it to us. It's time for us to step up as leaders, not be fearful, and go for it. Give it everything that we've got so that in the end we can say, you know what? I left it all on the field. When we look God in the face, we say, God, I did it. God says, well done, that good and faithful servant. You gave it your all. Even when everybody else might've been telling you you couldn't do it, you gave it your all. Man, when you do that, life is good and there's a reward for us. Amen. Do you guys get anything out of this tonight? Awesome. Come out there if you would. Come and see me at the resource table. These are $50. If you want line one and line two, I'll give you both of them for 80. Here's what I'll tell you. If you buy one of these and listen to it and you don't like it, You can email me, I'll refund you, and you can keep the product. I had a guy email me the other day, he said, Ronnie, I bought this from you about nine months ago. He said, it's not left my CD player in my truck. He said, I'm a truck driver. I've been listening to it every day for nine months. He said, you've changed my life. You wrecked my life, but you've changed it for the better because I've changed what he believed about him. He said, Ronnie, you've changed my sunglasses. You've changed how I see me. I'm a better husband, I'm a better father because you've changed my mind. Come out there and say hello, get one of these. We run out." We'll pre-order them. We'll have them here for you next week. Come say hello. Thank you guys for tonight. Let's make a difference in the world. Amen. God bless you guys. Y'all are awesome.